Source for bullshit free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 121 of 25 and 10. This is the scratchy, the raspy voice. The throat's a little bit sore. Baby, it's cold outside. Is it the Omnicore, Omnicron? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Benny, what up, baby? Yeah, you have a little bit of a cough. I have a scratchy throat. We're going to battle through it. You know, the boys are buzzing. We've got to get pucks deep. Yeah, get pucks deep. Uh, get holes deep, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, unfortunately, uh, I know everybody's tired of talking about it. There will be some slight COVID talk, and we promise we will relate it back to the Olympic decision and the uh, game cancellations that have gone on around the league is not going to be strictly COVID-centered, uh, but we do have to talk about it. And from there, you know, we'll be talking about some situations in Calgary and Arizona. We'll talk about uh, the Paul Maurice surprise resignation in Winnipeg. Nothing really to review for Bruins and Rangers in the last week because everything's been shut down, but I'm sure we'll talk about stuff that's upcoming and, yeah, take it from there. It's the last one of the year. Last one of 2021. Got to end it strong. I mean, <laughs> allegedly, if we're just looking forward, Saturday, January 1st at 1 o'clock, the Buffalo Sabres play the Boston Bruins. If it happens, that'll be our first game in, fucking, I don't know, two and a half weeks, three weeks, whatever it may be. I wonder, so I know they would have had the Olympic shutdown, which is two weeks, right? Two and a half weeks in February. Yep. It's basically the whole month of fair. I think they play the first week, and then they were off, and they play like the last two days. So, yeah, basically the whole month, yeah. Yeah, so the difference is most of the guys would have been playing in the Olympics, so they would have been staying kind of warmed up and in game shape. This shutdown, everybody's just been home. Like, yeah, there have been some uh, morning skates and some light practices the last few days, but when they come back from this extended shutdown that wasn't planned, I wonder if there's going to be an uptick in uh, soft tissue injuries, groin pulls, things like that, because guys have mostly just been sitting around the last couple of weeks not knowing, should they ramp up their practicing and skating? Are they going to be chilling if they've tested positive and then they had a quarantine for 10 days and then they weren't able to practice, things like that. So hopefully no injuries, but might be an unintended consequence. Yeah, this one's going to be rather unique because, you know, when it first started happening, the games were going, like... When the games first started canceling, it would be, you know, two or three guys on a team, and then there's a worry. And then I felt like as, you know, the NHL started canceling games, you're like, okay, let's see where it goes. Then it would be, boom, four more guys are in COVID protocol. Boom, another set, you know. So I think, like, as it went on, it it got worse for teams as to guys being out. Yeah. But now, like you said, it's like guys haven't skated, or if they have, they're just getting back. 
And, I mean, me and you can both agree that at some point, everyone's going to catch this thing. Yeah. It seems to just be... Steve Eisenman came out, talked strictly. It's a, you know, these aren't life-threatening threatening things. You know, guys have normal cold symptoms, sore throat, runny nose, um, not bedridden by any means. And now it's like any time, I mean, if I sneeze, is it going to be like craziness? Um, yeah, so let's let's set it up. So that, this was long rumored. You and I talked about the last two podcasts. The last two episodes, I think, the NHL finally formalized that NHL players will not be going to the Olympics in Beijing. I know a lot of players were disappointed, mostly Steven Samkos, because he. This is basically going to mean he's never going to play in an Olympic Games and represent Canada. Uh, Marshan had his comments yesterday or today about the whole situation. Back to back days, yes. Yeah. So basically, I. Th- NHL players aren't going, which is one topic, one angle of it. So that's finalized, that's done. The reason why I think Marshan misses the point with his comments is it's not... I can see why, because the second part of this is the NHL canceled, I think, was it, nine games that were going to be based in Canada through early January because uh, the Canadian and local governments were either going to reduce the number of fans that could be allowed in attendance or no fans at all. Correct. So the NHL then canceled those games because, like, well, we're not going to play those games and not generate any revenue. We'll just play them later in the year when those uh, restrictions are lifted. So I can see why Marshall looks at that and goes, so all you really care about is money. So we're not going to the Olympics because you cancel games. You want to make that up uh, for owner's revenue. And now we don't get to represent our country. The disconnect for me is the risk of testing positive in China and not being able to come back in a timely fashion. And then the NHL season kicks back off again. Let's say Martian's in China and he tests positive. There were rumors, not rumors, but there was guidelines saying they would be in quarantine for five weeks. So after the Olympics are over... Marshan is still in fucking China as a non-Chinese citizen, which that's a murky area in terms of comings and goings. And then the Bruins have to start their season again. So now the Bruins are stuck without their one of their best forwards or the best forward on their team for a playoff push because they went to Beijing and the Olympics and they got infected. And with how contagious this variant is, I feel like most of the guys that went to play in the Olympics would have tested positive, and then the NHL season would be fucked because they wouldn't be able to make up those games. That's where I think the disconnect is. I think that's what Marshan's missing out on. I understand the frustration I feel for the guys because besides winning a Stanley Cup representing their country, especially if you're a Team Canada, is the next biggest thing they can do in their life. But I think they're missing a point here. I feel like if the Olympics were in Canada, the U.S., Anywhere in Europe, the NHL would have sent their guys. Well, 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 this is this quote. The NHL and the NHLPA can change the rules of the CBA to add a taxi squad so they don't miss any games and don't lose any money, which has already been agreed upon that the players will pay back an escrow until the owners are made whole from what they have lost during this pandemic. Regardless how many games are missed, yet... They can't do a taxi squad during the Olympics so they can honor the agreement they made so the NHL players can go. Please tell me that's not bullshit. (laughs) And for all of you who want to pipe back about forfeiting pay while being gone, yeah, not a problem. 
let the players make their choice. And so here, here's sorry. Here's the thing. That's easy for Marshan to say. The guy that gets paid six million dollars a year to be okay forfeiting salary. But what about the guys who are on the Olympic teams that are on the entry level deals or their bridge deals? You know what I mean? I mean, yes and no, right? <coughs> this was this Olympics was supposed to be a turning point for the NHL. This is the new TV deal. This was going to be front page exposure, ESPN behind the scenes, giving you anything and everything that was going to go on here, mic'd up. This was going to hopefully propel the game to a new place. And now, obviously, health and safety have to come first. I, I agree with that completely, especially when you're at the mercy and the will of a government in a place in a foreign language yeah. that, you know, that's questionable at best. Now... On the other part of it, I don't think what Marchand's saying is wrong. I mean, the players are at the will of the owners here in money that they have to pay back in escrow. And, I mean, an NHL player who's making, you know, $6 million a year, but we'll call it Brad Marchand, he probably only takes home three between after taxes, agent fees, escrow, and well, everything else. That's so the thing. he's getting so... everything cut in half. Just to go off on a quick little tangent, if the if the players do not strike at the end of the next CBA, they get rid of escrow. They should fire the NHLPA boss. Like the fact that escrow is still around now that they have the new TV deals, the value, the, uh, entrance fees for expansion teams, like all that's going on. Mm-hmm. Escrow escrow needs to be gone. They're the only fucking sport in this country that does it, and needs to be gone. If they set a number on the escrow, right, where they said, all right, 5% from every player, you know, I, I probably wouldn't think that's too bad. But but that escrow that they have is basically a fucking variable. It, it changes as what the owners claim as losses. And they so, don't open up the books. Of course. So, like, uh, missing curfew, Scotty Upshaw talked about it. He goes, you, you know, randomly I'll open up the mailbox and I'll have, you know, a $2,300 check in there because – the owners in Phoenix didn't open up concession books till now, fucking eight years later. So now I'm making my difference on it. He's like, it's just crazy that the NHLPA then has to go back and fight these guys tooth and nail for concession money or yeah. whatever it, it whatever it is. That's so, why they need to get rid of it entirely. It's always going to be gained by the owners. Exactly. So these owners that claim poor, like, you know what? Phoenix, yes. Like, we could go through team by team and say yes or no, yes or no. But the escrow there is, quote-unquote, to say, well, if you look at Florida, well, you know, they don't sell out or any of this, but, you know, we need to be able to still support this franchise. You know what? When you're an owner of a team, you shouldn't be looking other places to be supported. Either, A, this is a business and you're making money, or B, you're not making money and sell the team and somebody else will. Yeah, and none of these owners, like even in Phoenix, they're not poor. They're not broke. They're just oh, not no. making. They're not making money off the team, and they refuse to invest their own money into the team. Exactly. They only, they only want to invest any profit they get from the team, which is why they are trying to get back to the Phoenix area and all that other shit. Mm-hmm. They're not poor. They could afford it. So I don't want to hear shit. Anyway, not to go off an escrow thing. Back to the Marshan comments, like I get the frustration, but is he saying he doesn't want to see, he doesn't want to taxi squads? No, he's saying he does. He's saying so. 
they implemented this taxi squad to use it as whatever per their leisure to make sure that all these games are still being played so they can make money. So he's saying, why can't there be a taxi squad when guys go off to the Olympics so the team can still play? So he, so basically, he wants scabs playing for the Bruins while a, he's off on the Olympics. Not scabs. I mean, these, <laughs> these, are, these are prospects. We're not crossing lines here. These are. I know, but it's like, it's not the Bruins. Like you're not gonna if the Bruins missed the playoffs by three points because Marshan Bergeron Apasta went off to play the Olympics, and you guys were stuck with name your pick Steen on as your first line left winger. That like fans are not going to be happy. Well, this is the thing, though, right? If none of this had delayed all of these games, they would still be par for the course where the players would come back, our top-notch guys, because that break is, is still implemented currently. There's rumors they're going to do makeup games during where the Olympic break would be, but nothing is etched in stone yet. Because they can't figure it out. I was reading the article before they actually canceled the Olympics, and Bill Daly said there's not enough flexibility for all the teams that would need to do make makeup games because the arenas were booked for concerts and other events Yep. For because he thought the NHL was going to be down because of the Olympics. So all the games, I don't think, are going to be made up during the Olympic break. They might have to push back the start of the playoffs again. Shocker. Yeah, like, so I get the frustration. I just think he's speaking out of frustration. I get it. I, don't, I know off the ice, like, Marshan's a smart guy when it comes to the business of it all. But it has to do with China. I'm telling you. If the if the Winter Olympics were in Salt Lake, they'd be going to the Olympics. Like I think that's the context and consideration that Marshan, believably frustrated, is not given a league. And of course, the taxi squad. Okay, you're worried about uh, the guys getting sick during the Olympics or whatever else. Does he want to be stuck in Beijing th- through March? Like that's. That, that part is undecided currently. He hasn't decided on that yet, but he wants to go to the Olympics. Yeah. So can he – could he – Afford it? Yeah, sure. Legally, you know, under the CBA, tell the Bruins, I'm still going. I think under the CBA he probably could. Like what happens to Ovechkin? You know how he is with Team Russia. Yeah. What happens to like, I'm still going to the Olympics. Find me. Don't pay me. Yeah, fine. Don't pay me, fine me. I'm still going. Like, what can the N- could the NHL actually stop them? I, I don't think so because that was written into the CBA. That that's your collective bargaining agreement. Okay, so if the players really want to go that bad, now looking at it from the player point of view and the fan point of view, I agree. This is all the taxi squad makeup games is all for revenue. That's why they're canceling the games in Canada through early January because that. Restriction lifts on January 11th. All it takes is one or two of the faces of the league or future Hall of Famers to go, we're still fucking going. We're paying our way. And force the NHL hand. What happens if a Veshkin comes down and says, I'm going? What are you going to do about it? And you know what? Ted Leonsis isn't going to say anything to Ovi. Yeah, he's going to say go. (laughs) She's going to charter him up the bird. Here you go, Alex. (laughs) Have a good time. So... I wonder if there's talk about that behind the scenes. I don't know if anybody has the balls to do it or even if they do it, if they would be able to get away with it. If they are able to get away with it, they might just be waiting on one guy to go, screw you guys, I'm going. And but, that might be all it takes. Yeah. So that's the that's the Olympic issue. Now, 
One question I have, because I don't know. So, is the Olympics different than the IIHF? Or is uh, it kind of done through them? Because the IIHF sucks. Like, like, they're the worst. Oh, yeah, so they forfeit today. Like, their shit the World Senior Championships. Awful. Yeah, so, like, uh, USA had to forfeit their game today against Switzerland because two players had uh, tested positive, so now the whole rest of the team has to quarantine and go from there. And so last year it was John Beecher and his roommate, um, the San Jose pick. Oh, my God, I, I know I know his name. Fuck, that's going to kill me. But so one of them had tested positive, and because they were roommates, the other guy was uh, mandatory. like oh, mandatory, Contact tracing. Contact out so the both of them couldn't play. Uh, Bordalo, Bordalo, that's who it was. So it was Bordalo and Beecher. One of them tested positive last year. And because they were roommates, the other one instantly got hosed and kicked off the team because they were roommates and he's close contact. And it's like, dude, it, it, we've seen this. Allegedly, when it first came out, households, oh, everyone gets it in the house. And then only one person got it in the house. And it's like, I just, I don't know anymore. And it's like, for to have as much testing as we do for people how can you just turn around and kind of nip people's shit in the butt like that? Like, you know what? Quarantine them, leave them there. And if he tests positive, what, what is it? They say in the NFL, if you do two negative tests within 48 hours, you're cleared. So why can't people do that here? So that's the thing. Um, well, there's a lot of layers to break down there as your resident COVID expert. Um, the first thing is I, IIHF is the same thing as like, the body that oversees the Olympics for like Canada, USA, Sweden, all them. So they're the same organization. Um, so they're worse than fucking China. It's like, you got to go deal with the IHF too. Like, oh, fuck that. I'd rather stay. Yeah. So basically we're in this kind of weird gray area in terms of updating, uh, testing policies, quarantine policies, things like that. And some organizations are moving quicker than others. Obviously, the government's going to move the slowest because it's the fucking government and it's full of people who have no connection to the real world anymore. But you saw the NFL and the NBA made announcements today. Uh, NFL's five-day quarantine period, if you are asymptomatic or on day five, you test negative. Or you, te you test negative, then you only have to quarantine for five days, whether you're vaccinated or not. Mm -hmm. NBA is six days now. NHL is still 10. So they're going to have to update that. You see uh, all the major airlines and a lot of in private industries are updating the quarantine length because the studies show that if you're vaccinated or boosted, your symptoms are pretty mild with the new variant. A lot of people don't even get symptoms. They just get tested because they were around somebody that tested positive. They feel fine. They just go to get tested to see if they're okay. And they test positive and they're like, well, I feel fine. Those people only have to quarantine for five days, right? It used to be 10. Yep. So the NHL needs to update that as well. The other thing is, like you said, everybody's going to get it. That's how contagious this is. And that's not a scary thing. Like it's a fucking virus. Everybody will be getting it at some point. It's just a matter of how long does the government want to delay you getting it? What's 
Now, I know, understand overall in the healthcare system, some states are going to be hit worse than others uh, because of the population that is vaccinated versus unvaccinated. But everybody's going to get it. You and I are lucky enough where we got both shots. We got the booster. Um, if we did catch it, if we didn't have it already, who knows? Yeah, exactly. It'd be like, it'd be cold symptoms. Like, we'd be okay. So now you're at a point where, and this is where it starts getting a little tricky. So read a re- research report that came out today from Europe that says uh, the new variant, Om- Omicron, is going to is already pushing the Delta variant into non-existence. Like that's, that's how contagious it is, right? The good news about that is the Delta variant is worse for you. Correct, yep. So they're saying, okay, Delta is going to be the minority strain within like the next 30 days in Europe. Omicron, which is more contagious but less severe symptoms, will be dominant. Also, it has so many mutations that it would be very difficult for a new variant to come along and push out Omicron. Like, there might be different variants that come along for a season, and then they're gone, kind of like the flu. So if that's the case, and you're vaccinated or boosted, you're most likely going to be either asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms. What's the point? There's no point in shutting everything down because of this, and you start seeing like the same government, like New York City, we got fucking hit hard in 2020. The government shut everything down. Everything was banned. You can't do this, can't do that. They're even saying, listen, we have vaccines. We know how to kind of handle this now. We have that new Pfizer pill that can't, that's being produced now. Yep. We know how to take care of these things. We can't turn off the economy and have people lose their jobs. We can't have people, mental health, issues the suicide rate spiked during shutdowns so we're gonna have to learn to deal with it there's no point in saying okay we're gonna shut everything down because we don't want kevin to get it in december but he'll just end up getting it in january what's the point you're gonna get it like just let's fucking move on here we're gonna cross that bridge at some point yeah yeah so it's like it would be the same thing as saying we have we're having a bad influenza season so let's shut everything down, and the NHL needs to cancel games. Has the NHL ever canceled games for the fucking flu? No. So like we, that's the mentality we need to start getting into here, where you're probably going to get it at some point. Hopefully you're vaccinated or boosted. Whether your personal feelings or not, I just want you to be okay. Asymptomatic or mild symptoms. Quarantine is not 10 days, it's 5 days. Let's move the fuck on here. So bring that back to the NHL. How bad of a look is it that they're canceling the games because they can't make the revenue in Canada until January 11th? That is terrible. When they're complaining about, we can't go to the Olympics because we need the time to make up games, but we'll willingly cancel these games. The, the other part of it, too, is if Canada is not going to lift regulations, the, the NHL has to move them. All, all those teams need to cross the border and be in, be in the U.S. Yeah, I mean... We were talking before we started recording. So the Bruins were supposed to play in Montreal, was in Jan- January twelfth. Yeah, and now that game is being moved from the Bell Center to TD Garden because of the restrictions in place in Quebec. So now the Canadians might end up losing a home game to the Bru- and playing to Boston because of the government restrictions. And you see the disparity between how severe the Canadian government still is versus 
to U.S. government. And thankfully, we live in a country where we still have the ability to not just have a blanket, what we say goes, fucking deal with it type of mentality. Like, that's not in our culture. So, like you said, what happens if, I don't know, uh, Ontario says no, no fans in Toronto Maple Leafs games through May 1st? Okay, you want to move them across the border? Where the fuck are they playing? Well, well, the other part is I, I wouldn't be surprised with how crazy Canada's been with all this. Yeah, they've been insane, like unnecessarily. Like in the beginning, we were saying this earlier too. In the very beginning of all this, totally understood. Even though I was just like, "Why are we shutting everything down?" But okay, fine. We don't know what's going on. Then when a new variant came out, you're like. Okay, it's super contagious. What happens if it's more deadly than the Delta variant? So you wanted to be safe. Now you know it's not. Canada still isn't budging. They're even adding more restrictions. And and yet again with that, I'm not surprised with that. And one other thing, I know you were discussing earlier on uh, the new variant and how things have been altered a little bit. This is one other thing with that. So there was a doctor from South Africa who came on when, you know, Omnicron had first started there. And he's saying, yeah, I had people coming in. They said, you know, the uh, basic cold symptoms, like runny nose, cough. He's like, not even a fever. Um, you know, a little bit of a sore throat. Yeah. He goes, but, um, they were testing positive for COVID and they still had their taste and their smell, which was something that was very surprising. And now it's just, we are dealing with a quote-unquote basic cold for those, like you said, who that's are... That's highly contagious. That's highly contagious. Yeah. That's it. And here's the thing, right? The media, and when I say the media, I'm not trying to sound like some fucking... China. Right yeah, some right-wing person. When I say the media, I mean everybody. I they, always thought you were more of the left-wing kind of player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was funny. I When... I moved to San Francisco. I went from when I lived in any other state, I was considered uh, left of center. Then I moved to San Francisco, and I was told my beliefs made me a far right conservative. I'm like, my beliefs haven't changed. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the media, and the, they always fixate on what whatever the larger number is. Correct. Yep. So if the death rate is increasing all of a sudden all the articles will be about the death rate is increasing if the death rate starts decreasing they'll focus on the positivity rate so like when i was in greece nobody talked about it the news never talked about it, it was in the newspapers it was just whatever come back to the u.s every day like you go on newyorktimes.com and the front page is just covid tracker covid update a map of the country yeah. with covid positivity Not rates Non-stop. Non-stop. And you can tell here in New York City who's a New York Times subscriber because, no no joke, dude, you will see people with two surgical masks on, one over the other, walking around outside by themselves. Well, that's and, good. And I'm just like, they're definitely a New York Times subscriber. <laughs> yeah. But the point of all this uh, is to say the whole severe lack of severe symptoms and everything, you notice they're only focusing on the positivity rates. And that's going to happen because more people are getting tested and it's a more contagious variant. But the death rate isn't going up. 
the hospitalization rate is going up slightly here in the U.S., and that's because as a population, we're fat as fuck, and COVID is worse for people that are obese and overweight. That's correct. So that's why our numbers are going to be different in South Africa and England because they're, as a population, thinner than the U.S. So that context is not being presented. So focusing on a positivity rate makes no sense. If there's a cold going around a classroom of 30 kids and 20 kids are test positive for the cold, does that mean 20 kids are going to die? No. So there would be no point in saying, oh, my God, the positivity rate is sky high, 20 out of 30. It would be, okay, how many are actually fucked up? Well, none. Okay, then why, is, why do we care? No, so we need that's a, the issue. We need Jim Ross to like explain this with like, <laughs> the, the good old Jr. It, like, it's a slavonaka. It's a slavonaka. Oh, I think that'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, not to go off on the rant here. I mean, if you go back and listen to our episodes from the beginning of the pandemic and then after our break, you you can t- you knew I was the one preaching. Wear your mask. Uh, when the vaccines are available, get the vaccine. Things like that. Now it's at the point where. We know what it is. The most dominant variant is if you're vaccinated, you're going to get it. You'll be okay. Let's go. Let's move on. Let's go. No more cancellation of games. No schools being canceled. No, oh my God, Broadway shows being canceled. Flights being like, let's fucking go here. And bringing it back to the league. I am like, I, it would leave a bitter taste in my mouth too if I got, if I missed out on a chance to play in the Olympics. Because the NHL says, well, we need those two and a half weeks to make up the games that have been canceled in December for the variant. But it's okay, we'll willingly cancel these nine-plus games because we're only doing some not because of your health and safety, but because we won't be able to make revenue. That's all it comes down to, pal. Yeah. So I get all that. I get Marshan's frustration. I feel bad for Sam Coase. Like, McDavid's obviously disappointed, but he's going to be back. Um, I just... I'm. Waiting to see if all of a sudden Ovi is going to say, I go to Russia. <laughs> yeah. Putin called me. Yeah, so sorry for the heavy COVID talk there. I just want to give the context around my feelings on the league and uh, Marshan's comments and the Olympics and everything. Like, Hopefully in the next week or two we're going to start seeing some real change in policy just on the government level here in the States of things being adjusted. But... Enough of that. Let's get back. To, you want to get back to just hockey talk? I would love that. Let's go to one of my favorite topics: team relocation. Yeah, right, team, for... <laughs> team relocation. So we're talking. I received about the Arizona Coyotes and a surprise entry into the field, the Calgary Flames. So let's start with Calgary. Uh, they had originally had a basically a verbal agreement with the city of Calgary to jointly build a new arena to replace the Saddle Dome, which is the old, the second oldest arena in the league behind MSG, which got a billion-dollar renovation like seven years ago. Um, and then the team pulled out of that agreement because of some study that was completed showed that they would have to fork over a little over $9 million more on their portion of it in order to complete the deal. And the owner said, no, what? We're pulling out. We're not sticking with the deal, which... Seems a little short-sighted, over $9 million. Um, but there was always talk of there's a chance the Flames might end up relocating if they don't get a new arena because the owner has hinted at that. It 
can you picture the Flames? I know they start out in Atlanta and then move to Calgary, but can you picture Calgary of all cities and having a hockey team? No, I, I always feel like the sea of red up there is yeah. a strong force. It's one of those things that's always been there. I know the other big thing, at least with the Saddle Dome, is that it's they had that flood there yeah. a couple of years ago. And ever since then, I think that was the thing that kind of got the ball rolling for them as to whether it's going to be new arena or relocation. I just don't know where the hell you'd move this team to if it's actually going to go somewhere. Like, that's the craziest part for me. Like, do you get out of Canada? I mean, you are Canada's game. I mean, Winnipeg brought back the Jets. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about fucking Antarctica up there this time of the year. Like, <laughs> but you got to think about it like this: like, what cities are viable in Canada or the U.S. for a team? I mean, if you look Canada, if you're trying to keep them there, I I think Quebec City is probably at the top of the list. I wonder if Halifax would get a sniff. I I don't know if they would or if they wouldn't. Hamilton. Um, Hamilton, yes and no. Ha- Hamilton's a, a little dumpy, to, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> uh, like, and I wonder too, because Hamilton's pretty close to fucking Buffalo and all. And that Toronto, and yeah. So it's like, do you want to add another team in that area? That I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. Like in I'll, the U.S., I'll... it's like what Houston, which I think that's where the Coyotes are going to end up going. Um, maybe. Kansas City because it's Sprint Center. Um, Milwaukee. Like. <laughs> well, well, this is like the other thing, right? Like you look over at at least the AHL currently and you look at, I, I don't want to say these second tier cities because I don't want people to take it the wrong way, but it's like you look at Milwaukee who's had the Milwaukee Admirals. And yeah. I mean, they draw okay, but is 10,000, you know, seats a night going to be able to field an NHL team? No. No. And it's like, all right, we, we can kind of go around. I mean, if, if you're looking strictly on draw as the people that can fill out an arena, but yet again, the arena is just not big enough. Fucking Hershey, PA, the people down there love the Hershey Bears. Yeah. But it's like... They don't right, have enough corporate sponsors. Exactly. So it's like, if you look at it as the whole Florida's out, yep. Georgia's out, we, yep. we've already done Atlanta. That, that South Iron Belt, you know, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama. I mean, I wonder if Alabama wouldn't be bad. Like, you know, they show up for that fucking football team. If you can get people it's there to back not going to work. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking for a hope, right? So it's like you cut Salt Lake that, City? Salt Lake, maybe. I mean, ever since Nagano, I mean, Nagano was pretty big. I mean, not Nagano. Salt Lake City was big when, when they had the hockey there. So. And plus a lot of... Uh, Companies moved their headquarters from California to Salt Lake. Hey, do we look at Boise? Their population is booming. Well, I mean, it, and then it's like you look, look on on the other end, right? You, you got fucking North and South Dakota. There's nothing there, but they can sell out for the fucking fight and sue every week. Yeah. So it's like I honestly, uh, I don't know where to go here. Like that's. That, to me, is one of the craziest things. It's like, where, where do you end up going? Yeah, NHL's maxed out. There's not a 33rd or 34th city. I think Seattle was great placement. Yep. Um, Vegas turned out to be great. Vegas was good. 
Now you're like looking, all right, you got Seattle. I mean, I wouldn't put anything in Oregon. I think California's maxed out. Yep. Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, maybe Utah. We talked about Salt Lake. Uh, we already have the problem in Arizona. You come down that middle part. I yeah. mean, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, like maybe Kansas, like you said, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you come there. I mean, Minnesota already has a team. And now just, you know, you're just trying to save face and think about something. What about Wisconsin? I mean, that's a cold place. Well, yeah, that, we talked about Milwaukee, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, but what about Madison? I know that's the big school town, but it's like the football team does good. The hockey team does good there. Is that one? And one dark horse I would throw out. Don't say Hartford. I'm not saying Hartford. <laughs> I would say, what about Portland, Maine? That was going to be my second thing of, like, don't say Portland, Maine. Yeah, well, the, the problem with Portland, I, I think, is population. I, I don't think yeah. it's as big. But Portland has gotten very corporate lately. They're on the uppity-up. They're very artsy-fartsy, almost like a Seattle, obviously, on a lot smaller Fatsy. scale. But it's like... Maybe it could work there. I mean, the Pirates always drew good there, but they don't have the arena though. Like that, that arena was a shithole. The fucking the Portland. Yeah. Like you'd you'd have to cross the ice. Like the teams would be crossing the red lines against each other to go to the locker rooms there. Like it's just kind of a fuck show. So I well, the thing works. is, you got to look at it as <laughs> would the owner of the Flames want to hope and pray that a new mid-sized market suddenly becomes a Money maker for them, or would you just rather fork over the ten million dollars, nine million dollars, and make it work in Calgary? I mean, personally, I'd rather just make it work in Calgary. Yeah. You, you have the fan base. You're in Canada. You're backed by all that. Like, yeah, why move I, it? Yeah, I think this is just a negotiating ploy. The Calgary situation. Like, I can't imagine them leaving. And I think the NHL realizes they have one, maybe two cities in a whole, and they need to save one of those for the Coyotes. And they want to always have a, another city as a backup in case something happens with the Hurricanes or one of these other teams that struggle. Like, you want to, these senators need a new arena and you want to be able to threaten a relocation. And if you give up both shots uh, of those replacement cities, the government in Ottawa is going to realize they don't have a fallback. So they're not going to negotiate more at the table. So I think Calgary says, Coyotes, though. They can't pay their bills. Oh, they're like, gone. People are leaving. And it, Bettman said their solution is they're going to build an arena in Tempe or Scottsdale, one of Scottsdale, Tempe area, which is admittedly much closer to the downtown Phoenix area. It's in the side of the mountains where all the high earners live. Um, it's easier to get to. Glendale is terrible. Like, I. When I visited Phoenix, I went out. It's brutal to get to. Um, but the thing is, that ground hasn't even broken yet. So let's say they broke ground tomorrow. That's still, what, three, four years away if everything goes as planned? And the, the city of Glendale said, at the end of the season, you're gone. Yeah. Like, we're not renewing the lease. So where are they playing? Let's say they do start breaking ground for a, a brand-new arena and again, they fucked up by going to Glendale. If they stayed in Phoenix or moved and built an arena in the Scottsdale, Tempe area to begin with, I feel like they would have been in a much better position than where they are now. But 
in the next three, four years, where are they playing? The University of Arizona at a college rink? Well, the, this was the other issue. The university and them allegedly last year were going to combine and build a brand new arena. And it was going to be nice. It was going to be, for the two of them, it was going to be neutrally located. And it was going to be a great setup. And then the team was basically dragging their feet and fucking finally, you know, the college team is doing better than they are because the college <laughs> team goes, well, fuck you. We'll just build our own rink. Yeah. And that's what they went along with. And, and now fucking the Phoenix Coyotes or Arizona Coyotes, whatever you want to call them at this point, you have the owner who can't pay his bills. And now they're making decisions of basically like, hey, um, I'm going to go scratch my ass and then I'm going to scratch my head. So there's a big shit stain across it, <laughs> it, it because that that's all you are. At this point, you look like just like a complete shithead. Like, like there's nothing else. Yeah, I mean, the owner's terrible. Uh, there was this long expose article in The Athletic last year about the uh, work environment and the ownership situation for the Coyotes and one of the worst uh, behind-the-scenes stories I've ever read about a sports franchise. Like, I, re- I came away reading that article being like, how did the Board of Governors approve this fucking guy? Um, so the Coyotes basically... They have two courses of action here. One, they secure the rights to build that arena, and I will believe it'll get done until a shovel's in the fucking ground. You know, mm-hmm. let's say they get that done. They got to figure out where they're playing for the next three, four years. I, I think there's too much bad blood to go back to the city of Glendale and beg and plead. Please let us just stay here temporarily. Uh, I think there's too much bad blood with the University of Arizona, where they would share the arena, but also. How embarrassing would that be playing in a college arena that seats a couple thousand and you probably wouldn't be able to sell that out? Oh, yeah, no sure. And it's like, say even then, right? Say if Arizona State says, all right, yeah, sure, you can play here in the interim. But just so you know, this is our arena, not yours. This is you're not our- getting any revenue from it. You're like, you're not getting X, you're not getting Y. By the way, you're not getting your own like locker room here, so you can come in and practice, but take your shit and go back to your practice <laughs> ring. So it's just like, and say Arizona builds this thing and it holds max, we'll call it 7,500 to 10,000. What, at the uh, college arena? Yeah, I don't know what the number is going to be there, what they're building, but say that's the max, 10,000. Is, is it Arizona or Arizona State? Arizona State. Arizona okay, State. I'll look it up right now. And it's like, so if you lose just the possibility of 8,000 seats you can put asses into, you're losing. And it's a 5,000-seat arena. Okay, so that's not going to work. No. And the other part of it is, for a place like Arizona that has problems drawing, and now you, uh, they're still the kind of town that will post... You know, we're going to have a Back to the 80s night. We're going to have a Star Wars night. We're going to have a kids night. We're going to do eight bobblehead giveaways a year just to have people buy tickets. No, dude, they're fucked. They're dude, fucked. that was how it was for the Oakland Athletics when I lived in San Francisco. I bought season tickets. Now, this is for baseball. It's 81 home games. I bought season tickets for $400. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, I loved it. It was great. But here's the thing. So the Coyotes, when they played in Phoenix, drew well, really yes. well. The, remember the whiteouts they used to have with yeah. Kachuk and Ronick? Oh, yeah. So, okay, I just pulled it up. 
starting in the 1996-97 season, when they were playing in Phoenix, here was their yearly average for game attendance. 15 5, 15 4, 15 5, 15 8, 14 9, 14 12, and then they moved 11, 12, 12, 11, 9, 10, 11. That's really fucked up. They went to the wrong arena, uh, wrong uh, neighborhood, essentially. Now, how they didn't know this shows how short sighted that previous ownership group was and how the NHL had no idea what they were doing in that market. Like, they entered the market without knowing what the fuck was going on. Well, just allowing them to go there. Yeah. You're like, what What are you thinking? And the second thing is, so let's say they don't get the arena in Tempe, and they're not able to break ground. Well, they have to find that out pretty fucking quick, don't they? Because if they need to find a new place to play for this coming September and October, they need to know if they're building a new arena and they need a temporary home, or if they're moving permanently. So if they're moving permanently, it's two options, Quebec and Houston. The reason why I think it's going to be Houston is because the Coyotes starting next year, uh, well, starting this year, they move to the Central Division. Yeah, so they're going to stay there. They're not going to mismatch. They don't need to do any more realignments. They don't need to move, swap teams from divisions. Houston's dead set in the Central Division. (laughs) Two, the owner of the Rockets has already expressed interest several times in bringing a hockey team to Houston. He's loaded, and the Toyota Center, where the Rockets play, is built to also host a hockey team. It's already there. Well, say, I'm pretty sure the Arrows played there. Yep. So it's just an easy fit. The division, the owner is there because the owner of the Coyotes, Marillo, is gone after this year. Like, I don't think he's sticking around. So he can sell a team for pennies on a dollar. Uh, I think his name is Sneed in Houston. He can take the team over, bring them to Houston. The arena's already set up for a hockey team. It's the fourth largest uh, metropolitan uh, city in the entire United States. Huge market. Plenty of corporate sponsors. I think that's the best one. Then you look at Quebec. Quebec has the new arena. It's in Canada. The fans will be more rapid about it. You have the exchange rate issue still. Um, and then you have the corporate sponsorship issue, which was the reason why they left Quebec in the first place. That really hasn't improved all that much in the meantime. So I think Quebec is the fullback option. And again, Bettman has a meeting, I think, December 30th or January 30th with the city of Quebec anyway. So I think by the time the end of January comes around, there's going to there'll probably be some type of announcement of the Coyotes have a new arena deal or the Coyotes are relocating to one of these two cities. I just like, on the other end of things, as Gary Bettman, right, you go into this, and you at some point have to sit down with whether it's ownership or whoever it is and go, what the fuck is going (laughs) on here? I'm sure he, dude, he's probably so tired of the Coyotes. Uh, like, I, I'm sure that, like you said, this is probably a yearly thing now. Like, the the tax thing kind of popped up to all of us. We're like, oh, they haven't even paid their bill. Shit, that, that's going good. Yeah. But, like, it, it's just crazy as to, like, how it just keeps churning here. You're like, in another one, in another it, it one. It never stops. It's been like this yeah. for a decade. Like, I, I don't know. I, yeah, 
the the NHL is going to buy the team back. That this is where <laughs> this is going. We're buying it back. Don't ask us. We'll sell it as we see fit. And the one thing I do hope, if they let's say they move to Houston, they can keep the Coyotes name because it still kind of works. They, I, I love that they went back to the old uniforms, right? Yep. But they got to adjust the, the uniforms slightly. They got to add more color pop to, to the home jerseys. When you're watching on TV, it doesn't look like dark green. It looks everything looks black. The pants look black. The jersey looks black. The socks look black. It looks terrible on TV. They got to go with some brighter colors on those uniforms, man. Like they could be really, really great. One of the best in the league with that stupid fucking Coyote logo. If they just added a little more pop, that's my personal opinion. Uh, I love those original ones, the purple and all that. Though those were dope. <laughs> oh yeah, with the uh, the zombie coyote. <laughs> yeah, what was the what they call the kachina or whatever? Yeah, like, I thought I fucking love those jerseys. But yeah, that's the situation there. There should be some type of resolution announced pretty soon. Um, at some point, we should talk about the whole Ottawa Senator situation because that's fairly recent as well. But we'll move on and talk about another Canadian team. The Winnipeg Jets, the be- the best Jets as a sports franchise in all of North America. Um, how surprised are you that Paul Maurice quit and wasn't fired? Now, I got a question for you. Do you think the GM there, Chevy, comes down to him and he's like, hey, like, <laughs> it just ain't working? Because up until that point, I mean, Maurice was the second longest tenured coach in the NHL. Yeah. So, so do you think he goes to him and he's like, hey, you know, I don't want to gas you, but if you want to resign, like, we all kind of save face here. Or do you think that this was all personally Maurice? I think seeing how he was at the press conference and hearing things from former players and former assistant coaches, I think Maurice probably saw the writing on the wall and he went up there and said, listen, I bet he's been there for a long time. Long time, yeah. He probably didn't want to put Chevy in a position to have to fire him. Like it, that's it, how much respect I think Maurice has for like the game. Like he knows jobs come and go, but he he like he probably went out there and said, "Listen, something needs to happen. I don't want to put you in a position. I'm just gonna I'm gonna walk out here." And I will say too, all the words that Paul Maurice said seemed. Very sincere. It yeah. didn't seem like bullshit or anything like that. It just seemed authentic, genuine. I mean, you know, as I said, I, I've been, I've done this a long, long time. I know when they need a new voice. Yeah. And in, in like just the way he was speaking, it, it it down, it did sound genuine. It didn't sound like someone was kind of pushing him in a certain direction. He just, I think that was just finally it for him. Whether it was, I don't think it's a passion thing though. I, no. I don't think that um, he'll get another job for, fairly soon. Yeah, I, I think the way that a lot of things are going this year, particularly when people get fired in the off season, I think he'll be rehired this summer. He might want to take a break. He's had he ha- hasn't had a year to himself since what ninety <laughs> seven. Yeah, it, it, it's been a long time. So I think the way he handled it, and again, if there was issues going on in the locker room something would have leaked out even after he quit. And all the players said, like, he didn't lose us. Like, 
the room still supported him. We were surprised by the decision. We love the guy. Like that goes a long way because the NHL is a league of league of networks. You know what I mean? So yeah, I see him getting a job fairly soon. My what I'm trying, what I keep going back and forth on is: is he a win now coach or is he a change the culture coach? Mm, that's tough because like it, it it's hard to judge because he's been in one place for so long, right? But like it's one thing if he went in, he completely turned it over head to toe. Yeah. But it's like he's been in Winnipeg so long. Um, well, you look um, at his success in Carolina too. Yeah, but I'm just going off of like where he's been for a while. Yeah, and like he's done it. He's done it well. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's done it very well. I don't think there's ever been a thing where you're like, this guy sucks. Like, like he comes in, he's very thorough. Um, they have him on. If you go on Instagram, I think it's called like the Hockey Coaches Network or something. Okay, and they have him on there. Like they interview him. And they ask him some questions, and some of the things he says, he's like, listen, I have the best job in the world. He's like, I come in, he's like, I get to coach hockey every day. He's like, <laughs> he's like it's incredible. And then he's going, the only thing that alters with me, he goes, is, you know, the things that we have to deal with day to day is me just changing puzzle pieces. <laughs> you know, he goes, but outside of that, hockey is hockey. Yeah. And I, I think as a guy, like you said, who's been around that long, he knows, you, you know, like it's not a question as to, uh, you know, I got questions about this guy. No, he knows the game. He knows the players. And to have a job that long in this league and for being employed as long as he has been in this league, you're doing something right. Yeah. And I mean, he's going to have his pick of opportunities. Like you look at Florida, they might be in a market for a veteran head coach, depending on how the rest of the season unfolds. Uh, you look at New Jersey, would they move on from Ruff after another disappointing year and bring in someone like Maurice? Uh, just going to be several opportunities out there for him. I just, I want to see him. Like He's one of the guys, if the Rangers are out of it, and he's coaching a team, as long as it's not like a rival, I want to see him get his cup. Oh, yeah, you definitely push for him, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I was surprised by it. I mean, we we both picked Winnipeg to be a Stanley Cup contender this year, and they were not playing that way to start the year. So, No, not even close. Um, like I said earlier, we don't really have a week in review for the Bruins and Rangers. We talked about Marshan's comments. I mean, shout out to uh, Patrice Bergeron for playing like a – uh, with an elephant trunk of a nose after breaking it. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. The guy's a fucking warrior, man. It does not stop. Been that way forever. Now, yeah. so, since we don't have a week in review, like you said, what did Santa bring you? Oh, geez. So most of, mostly what Santa brought me was stuff for the Copester. Oh, well, is, that, that's good. Which is A-OK with me. Not, like, not trying to equated to but now i know what it's like like probably when you had cam right and christmas came around you're like i don't need anything get me stuff for cam <laughs> yeah get me something for the kid we'll call it yeah. a wash yeah so that's how it was this christmas i mean i got uh mostly like for my family side of things 
probably like $300, $400 in various gift cards. I got, I needed a good pair of outdoor kind of like slippers type shoes. So when I walk the coaster in the morning or at night, I don't need to tie sneakers and everything else. Just slide something on. I can handle the outside, especially in the snow. That's got, nice. Yeah, I got those. Um, I got a, a full bar set from the first lady so I can make my own cocktails at home, including uh, the, shake, the shaker, the shot glasses, the uh, uh, mixing materials, all that stuff. So that was nice. And then uh, our mutual friend Annie found out that in high school, my senior year of high school, I dressed like Blanche Devereaux from the Golden Girls for Halloween. Uh, me and a couple of my friends from the team dressed like the characters from the show. So what she ended up getting me was a coffee mug that has all their faces on it that says stay golden. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Yeah, I got that. Um, Kobe got a bunch of toys, uh, some treats. I just said the magic word. Um, but yeah. <laughs> she's, a, she's awake now. You know, yeah. everything, all the above. Yeah, pretty good Christmas. I actually ended up going up to my brother's in Westchester. I uh, spent Christmas Eve and then what's the day? Christmas Day up there with him and uh, his wife and their three dogs. So Kobe had fun there. Um, but yeah, can't complain about that. I mean, the coaster did end up getting a, a minor ear infection, but she's doing all right. But other than that, man, not a bad Christmas. One, all right, uh, that's solid. First one in a first one in a while. There was like felt good. There's no stress going on. I was able to get everything I wanted for everybody that I wanted to get something for, including you, which is still on back order. Uh, I sent you that little teaser email. I, uh, have, I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> I just started, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it'll be useful in the summer, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so it's a good holiday season. How about you? That's good. No, um, we just hung low. Um it was nice. It was easy. Nothing was too crazy, which was, which was reassuring. I guess would be the word. Yeah, with the two two kids. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, you know, sh- shout out to Big Red. She's just, uh, she does it all, man. It, it makes life ten times easier. I, I, I just, you know, defer to her. The face and, of the franchise. Legit, legitimately, <laughs> like I, I, I can't make it up, and. uh the Patrice no. Bergeron of the Naughton family. Uh, legitimately. Like, <laughs> just, just put the number in the rafters. Like, crushed it per usual. And, uh, you Who know. got I'll... the kids the uh, scooter things, by the way? Oh, that, that's her. That's her. Santa. <laughs> Santa. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, it, it's just, uh, you know, when you're just as excited Christmas morning to see what they're opening, because you yeah. don't even know it's one of those... Uh, Things, but no. As for me, a couple of gift cards. Or we'll see where we're gonna splurge this year. Ha- haven't decided yet. I'm on Fanatics looking at something right now for you. Uh oh. But uh, we'll see what happens. And I will say, that's not a porn site, by the way. It's a fucking. It's it's like NHL stuff. Uh, people are gonna hear Fanatics. <laughs> think I'm like rubbing one out. Yeah, it's a porn site for uh, fish and sharks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fanatics. <laughs> Um, I will say, not January, but maybe early February-ish, mid-February, I'm sensing a long overdue visit up to the Boston area, um, bringing the coaster, and I got to take you out on a nice little date to the 99s. 
Oh, I love that place. I, <laughs> I am a 99 guy through and through. You know that. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, you, you got the bar set up though. Now I might have to go down there. I just, I, I just take the train in, in, uh, into the city and I'll, I'll find out how to get there. It's not, it's not difficult. It's a lot easier than where I, I used to be, uh, in Brooklyn. So now it's, you take Amtrak right to Penn station. You take one train, three stops out to me and you're there. Oh, that's uh, not bad at all. That I yeah. can deal with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, part of the gift was the bottle of the spice uh, mix for making margaritas. Ooh. So basically, all you need to do is add the tequila, add the ice, shake it, and then you have your cocktail. Fucking life is good. Yeah. Though. What are you doing for New Year's? Anything crazy? You're staying home, counting down. So we are leaving tomorrow to go up to North Conway for a couple of days. So we oh, leave right. there uh, New Year's Eve morning. And come back. And as for me at this point in life. <laughs> um, You're younger than me. Come on. <laughs> uh, I just go off of this. Like I come home. I, uh, I, I will do my best to rest. I, I feel like <laughs> rest is key at this point in age. Um, going to watch if the U.S. plays in the World Juniors. Going to watch that. There's the back-to-back college football playoffs. Just going to sit at home, have some drinks. At some point, I am Winter sure. classic. Well, that's New Year's Day. I'll be there New Year's Day, and then um, yeah, I mean New Year's Eve. So after watching all that and you know having a libation or two, I usually get a shove from Red asking if I'm <laughs> going to stay up for the ball dropping, and I say you know wake me up when it gets a little bit closer. I get to midnight, I give my wife a smooch, and then the big sexy goes to bed. That's that's it right there. I can't really complain shot. about that, right? Uh, no, <laughs> dude, I get the best seat now. I get a VIP line bathroom. Like, the bathroom's right there. You know, I got a strong pour with the bartender. That's me. <laughs> well, like, you know, it, it ain't that bad. I remember going out before and just, like, ripping it up on New Year's and coming out, like, rumbling, stumbling, bumbling out of these clubs. You got to do it when you're younger. Oh, yeah, and it's like the quote-unquote champagne toast that you may or may not get that's included in your ticket and just just all of it but i mean it's it's fun and you know so what you're saying is you don't want to stand outside in a cold in Times square for 11 hours and piss and shit into a diaper no so (laughs) this is the other thing right like (coughs) redders always told me she wants to do that and i'm like no, not piss or shit into a diaper. Just, uh, <laughs> just uh, the New Year's in general. And I'm like, you know, I think that'd be fun, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, one year I'd like to do that. I think it would be fun. But, yeah, it's it, it's it's tough to go out there and try to accomplish that. And, be like, if I could be, like, three blocks away and have a good setup and, you know, I got a pisser next to me, I'd probably be pretty content with that. But, yeah, to be right there and... Yeah, just pissing and shitting myself. Like, I ain't, yeah. I ain't there. The tip is to book yeah. a hotel room that overlooks Times Square. And then you just have people over in a hotel room. You guys can drink and eat and hang out. And then as it gets closer to midnight, just open up the sliding glass door, go out onto the balcony, or just look out the window and just see the ball drop and celebrate. And then you don't have to worry about the crowds or the subways. Oh, so so it's down to a science. So apparently, I just go to a. I'll, I'll just yeah. give you the credit card. You just book it for me. <laughs> probably like three hundred bucks, four hundred bucks in the night, but yeah, no, probably more. If you get <laughs> if you get that sight of that ball dropping, you're probably paying some good good coin there. Yeah, 
I'll look. I'll look it up just for shits and giggles and text you how much it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year, sweetheart. Um, yeah, for me, I didn't want to do anything crazy here in the city. I uh, just because I'm not a Times Square person, and I'm not. I'm also at the same point where I'm not going to go to a bar or club, uh, pay a hundred dollar cover, and then pay thirty dollars for mixed drinks for the entire night. So I'm taking. Kobe, we're going to Westport in Connecticut. Uh, booked a nice Airbnb with a big fenced-in yard to let her run loose near the trails and right on the waterfront. Oh, nice. Yeah, so just spend, <laughs> get there on Thursday the 30th. We'll leave afternoon on the 1st, just two nights, chill. Uh, mainly just get her out of the city, let her run around a little bit and just get some fresh air. And, and I mean, you, you watching the Winter Classic or, or what's going on with that? Uh, I'll have it, so we're taking a train uh, there and back, so on a train ride, I'll just pop it up on my phone. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of excited it's a 7 o'clock start. I, I think that's going to make it more uh, more exciting. It's a Saturday, so even better. So it, it's not the traditional 1 o'clock, but the Bruins are playing at 1, so I figure I can piggyback, so it'll be Bruins, then Winter Classic. I think it's going to be a good night. And don't forget the cold that's going on in Minnesota and everything right now. The NHL had to actually come out and say we're not postponing the game. So right now the forecast is at puck drop, the temperature is going to be 10 degrees with a wind chill near negative 20. Fucking love it. Let's fucking go. (laughs) So we'll see how the fans handle it. Um, Before we go, shout outs really quick. I need a yes or no answer from you. I wanted to ask this during the Olympic talk. Should the NHL move Olympic participation to the Summer Olympics instead so they don't have to interrupt the season? Uh, yes, I, okay. I, I think they should. Okay, perfect. Who do you got for shout-outs? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it would be good for the Olympics, too, to have not only basketball but and hockey. I think that would be too... Uh, Two good things for the Olympics and out of season. And God forbid if someone gets hurt, hopefully you still get them back during the season. So. And Dan B.A. also plays in the winter too, and they played a summer Olympics. So what's the difference? Yeah, I, hey, ever, ever since I've grown up here, even though you can play basketball outside year-round, basketball up here is a winter sport when it comes to high school. So Yep. Yet again, no, another one of those things. Um, Shout-outs. I have you. Missed you dearly. Um, shout out, uh, I'm going to go bring Sierra's dogs back to her house right after we're done recording. She's coming home tonight. Get rid of those little runts. Oh, get a, get them away and just <laughs> give me my brind, my big brindle baby and let me snuggle them. <laughs> How yeah. is Joey with them? Oh, Joey's fine with them. Um, so Joey and Ollie just legitimately wrestle all day. Like <laughs> Joey and then Sierra's bigger dog, Luna, she's like, you know, the alpha, alpha, alpha. She'll like fucking just... Like, legit, she'll come by Joey and just, like, growl, like, behind his head. And Joey, like, drops to the ground because Joey's just, like, this, like, nice, submissive dog. And, you know, th- this other one's just a fucking fourth-line goon just, like, <laughs> growling at him and shit. Like, leave my baby alone. So, yeah, just can't wait to bring her dogs home, that's all. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Um, You know what? Myself. Uh, I forgot. I, I forgot. Last time we recorded, I ha- had a birthday. Now a a lovely thirty three years old, and um, thirty three looks fucking round on me, baby. So, 
that that's all. We're we're, we're going to try to be a little bit better this year. So I think you're doing just fine, big sexy. Uh, well, I, there's definitely a lot of big in the sexy. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, that was actually be going to be one of my shout outs for saying happy birthday to you. And I know we didn't record right around your birthday, but just want to say happy Patrick Wah. Appreciate it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> happy uh, big Z on the Islanders. <laughs> yeah. Um, other shout out. I know I spent the last year and a half kind of basically hoping for his firing, but I did want to give a shout out to David Quinn, who's going to be the head coach for Team USA during the Olympics since NHL is not going, which means uh, Billy Guerin's not going to be the GM. The GM's going to be John Van Viesbrook. So whole little shuffle there. Quinn was going to be an assistant coach. Now he's promoted the head coach. I want to give him a shout out just because I feel like this fits him well. Going to be coaching college players. <laughs> well, I was going to say that, that that means the U.S. is now the automatic favorite. Yep. You, you got to think of the plus sides when they happen. Oh man, they're going to get. They're going to be playing really hard to, along those blue lines. <laughs> um, and the same cross size pass in every power play. Uh, and the last shout out, kind of uh, well, not well wishes, but like a proper send off to the immortal. John Madden. I know just, today. I just saw they, that. Yeah, they just announced John Madden passed away at 85, I think, unexpectedly. Um, they actually just had on Christmas Day games the uh, documentary on him on NFL and Fox. So basically, besides Sam Rosen as the play-by-play guy for the Rangers, and I'll even put Doc Emmerich and Joe Buck up there for a national broadcast, John Madden was the pinnacle of sports broadcasting in terms of being part of a gener- of our generation. Besides the broadcast and the color announcement, bam, uh, to ducking all those weird comments during games, but obviously the Madden uh, video games. So just, uh, I guess, thoughts to his family, and thanks for everything, big guy. Yeah, I always thought it was uh, funny. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say funny, but... Uh... That he did not like to drive planes, so doing all the games, he'd be in that RV and yep. would drive from stadium to stadium, which is pretty cool. <laughs> not bad, man. You don't have to be the one driving, and also you can just chill on a nice big RV like that. Oh, yeah. When you don't have to drive, life is good, especially on <laughs> something like that. Like, you're living. Yeah. So, that's all I have on my end. All right. Well, big fella, hopefully uh, next week when we do this, we can talk about some hockey, whether... Uh, it's here, whether it's north of the border, whether it's in the border, in between the boards, in between the boards w- would just be perfect for me. Pierre McGuire. <laughs> yeah. So, everybody, thank you as always. And uh, mask up, shoot up, d- do whatever you got to do. Yeah, you know, I'm on fire tonight, Fanny. It's just, it's flowing so good. Get some heroin, knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah, take the heroin, take it deep. Everybody, thank you for listening. We will catch you next week. Happy New Year. <laughs> Bye-bye.